The following podcast may cause you to change your understanding of what it really means to be a human being. Side effects may range from a minor loss to complete annihilation of ego, a feeling of merging with something bigger than previously conceived, and a deep, abiding peace. Please, continue at mortal risk to yourself as a separate entity. Welcome. Enjoy. Greetings, greetings, all one-time live listeners. Just a reminder at the top of the podcast here in the preamble, if you have any comments or questions, uh, follow-ups that you would like with any guests, notes, ideas, showerings of love, etc., please email me at alloneTimeLive at gmail.com. That's alloneTimeLive at gmail.com. Today's interview with episode 18 is with Jory Azinger and a brief intro about Jory before we dive into this truly wonderful conversation. Uh, 40 years ago, Jory saw what she was truly interested in was freedom. At that time, she really didn't even know what freedom was. Setting sail, she came to many places that she thought, don't believe everything you think, by the way, was it, was freedom. Over and over again, she would turn and continue deeper into her quest, turning self-judgment into curiosity and the willingness to stay present with whatever arises, discomfort being a big one, allowed her to continue to explore and expand and play and create. She says her greatest teachers are her five children and now 10 grandchildren. And her beloved work is participating in teaching, self-love, self-generosity, self-kindness, and self-compassion through the medium of acupuncture. Her interests and passions include dancing, making art, kayaking, hiking, and her challenges include writing, sorting out all her ideas, and bringing something forward into this world. Her loves are books, color, the beach, the mountains, flowers, and trees. Jory is a wise being, an acupuncture practitioner in Thienesville, Wisconsin. We'll have a link to her website in the description notes of this episode. And I welcome you to this warm, uplifting, and insightful conversation with Jory. So here you go. Welcome. Hi. Got you. Hey, nice. Sorry about that. No worries. No worries. There's a, there may, it seems like there might be a delay in the signal somewhere. It could be my end, could be your end. It could be um, on my end because my computer's still working on something. Okay. But uh, okay. I think we can manage. All right. Good. Good. It's so wonderful to see you. Oh, it's great to see you too. Thanks. I, the lighting isn't so good in here, but uh, it is what it is. So it's probably even better. Yeah. If the lighting was improved, it may not be as nice to see me. So we'll, <laughs> we'll be happy <laughs> with the luck we have. It is, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's getting darker here now. It's about dusk. Um, you know, we're entering into the, the twilight, early twilight period in, in Sweden. Okay, what time is it there? 
It is uh, 10 after 7 in the evening. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, that, that's about where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. And it was in the 50s here today. Um, mm -hmm. how, about, how about Milwaukee? Well, it's gorgeous outside right now. Ooh. It feels like it's 70. Oh, nice. The sun is shining. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it was it was a pretty so, pleasant day. I think yeah. it got into probably this maybe it got into the 60s today and the sun was out and that made a huge difference. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, makes such a difference. Yeah. So, um Jory, uh gosh, I don't know how long I have known you, but that's sort of immaterial what I well, I'm very much am grateful that we can have this conversa conversation and share it because you're one of the handful of people that I know personally in my life that I can talk to about such things like I can talk to with Ralph or, or just a very short list of other friends uh, sure. about the, the experience of living consciously. And I would love to hear anything that you have to say on that topic from whatever point you want to launch in. It can be through your understanding of medicine, your work with acupuncture, your work with movement in the body, with cognitive process, with just understanding of being human, life experience, any entry points, and we can go from there. Is that all right? Sure, sure. And I'll just trust you to kind of Walk me through this. This is a brand new, you know, it's like one of those things where you say to yourself, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Yeah. Right this on. Is, this is brand new for me. So well, I'm great. excited to, uh, you know, cross that bridge of something new again. Well, a, a nice cheater that I learned on a TED Talk um, was to start with how you started your day today, because that's going to lead us right into this life, this moment, and be an entryway, a gateway into many different paths. So, ah, Jory, okay. how did you start this Sunday? I started this morning with my journal, which I do traditionally. How often um, have you been doing that? I, I do it most mornings. You know, there's times where it drops off for a little while, because I'm not rigid with it, but... Um, most mornings I, I write and do a little bit of reading sometimes that helps to pull things forward. You know, I switch authors right now. I'm reading, um, something by Mark Nepo on creativity. Okay. And my process right now is I'm entering the next six months experiment because I did the last six months as an experiment of what what does life feel like for me and what happens when i literally just go with the flow i'm yeah. no pressure i show up for work i feed myself i take walks i dance i play but it's mostly spontaneous except for of course work and even there i refuse to go into any kind of a stress mode you know where yeah. there's pushing or and so for the last six months, I've just completely left myself off any hooks. And what? a lot of things didn't happen. A lot of things didn't get done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and did the world like, end? And the world didn't end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and so I go ahead. 
Well, how did you, how did you get into making that decision? Where, where were you? What was your point where you said, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. Uh, it was, it was when Ralph left uh -huh. and I said to myself, you need to easy does it. You, you're, you're in an adjustment, uh, in a new place. You need to just lean back yeah. and, and not add any stress into your life because there's yeah. some big adjustments that are happening and I needed my body and my mind and my spirit, my soul to all be in alignment. So I just let that happen instead of trying to hyper or micromanage it. That is um, so beautiful to, to, re to realize that there's something big, there's a big movement happening and to mm -hmm. just kind of go with mm -hmm. the flow, to let the river find its middle for you. Exactly. Yeah. And I just felt like it was real important. And, you know, where does that, those kinds of things come from? You know, what makes those decisions? I I live at a place of trust. Mm. I've worked a lot with letting go of anxiety or fear and, and trusting that I'm taken care of. Mm. And um, over and over and over again, life has shown me how I am taken care of. Mm. And I've learned that one of the main things for me is that I I know that I'm taken care of, but when it comes down to those actual moments where you're like, oh my God, is everything going to fall apart here? Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. The, the trust for me has become, maybe it's supposed to fall apart. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, maybe you're done doing this work. Maybe yeah. the building that you bought and put so much into is going to go bye-bye. Yeah. You know, have the resources. This is not happening. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah. if that's what is next, then I'm ready. And if it's not what's next, then I am indeed supposed to be where I am right now in a few, you know, this year, then something's going to happen that allows that to be. Yes. You know, uh, I, you know, I worked in health and safety. I feel so nerding out talking about this right now. I never do this in this podcast, but it, 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 <laughs> It reminds me right now of cognitive bias, a specific one called plan bias. So we have a plan, we have a, or a plan commitment. Uh, we mm -hmm. have a plan that a certain thing is supposed to happen in a certain way at a certain time. And, you know, the, the cognitive bias, which has then negative consequences, is that we're sticking to that plan, despite the signs and signals that are around us to tell us it's wow. time to make a change. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that sounds stressful. Well, it's, you know, it's the kind of thing like, say, I mean, and I'm further nerding, so I'm going to pull it back as, as soon as I put this in a context. <laughs> if you're on a job site, you've got some heavy equipment, it's getting dark or it's getting rainy and you've got to, to you know, load up a, a, a vehicle with a lot of other equipment or debris or something and transport it. And the conditions aren't very good to, to do that or to take care of the site well. Uh, that is the time to reassess that plan and to say, okay, we're going to make a schedule adjustment here. We're, we're going to make sure that things are done safely and that we don't have any equipment laying out or an unsafe load, et cetera, et cetera. 
And the, the bad thing would be to say, nope, this is the plan, going to stick to it. And then you, you go down the road with your load not secure with the site, you know, maybe not secure, not closed up all the way with some equipment outside. It gets damaged, it gets lost or stolen or what mm -hmm. have you. Bad mm -hmm. things can happen. The, so, but to, to bring it back to a bigger reality, <laughs> which is what you're talking about, if you have a, a big plan that you're invested in, that seems like this is where my life is going, this is the direction I've put my ship in, and the winds have changed, and the sea has changed. Yes. Then, yeah, it's time to say, hey, maybe I'm not supposed to be on mm -hmm. that journey I mm -hmm. thought I was, and we're going this way instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and all I knew was that I didn't know. Yeah. All I knew was that I didn't know what was next. and. As it's turned out, everything's fine. I'm not moving. I'm not, I'm still, my practice is still in place and mm -hmm. the resources have appeared, you know, <laughs> quite stunningly. Um, I like that a lot. So <laughs> this is great. Oftentimes when we, when we're needing to surrender, there's a fear that we're going to let go of things and lose them. Mm -hmm. When in fact, when we surrender and let go and allow things to be, we find that those things are still there. And even the resources we need that we may have been fretting over and stressing over to make happen, mm -hmm. we let go of making them happen and they still come in. Yes. And mm -hmm. you know, what I, what I wasn't willing to do was stress about it. Right. On. I was, willing to i just like nope it, it uh, it's going to be what it's going to be with or without me stressing about it so why not without can you and, give some specific examples well as you know the covid played out with my business hmm. um, what's your business um, heart space acupuncture and i closed down for several weeks which is unheard of and then open back up that people are very fearful. I was very, very, very few clients coming in. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if I'm done. I wonder if this is kind of like how things are going to be done with this. And I knew that the resources that were coming in, I was going to barely make the basic utilities and rent payment, you know, but after that, nothing. And I'm like, well, let's see if we make it to the new year. I don't know what's going to happen. And then my CPA said, well, apply for a small business loan with a small business association. And I did, and I didn't hear a word, you know, 10, 10 weeks went by and I just kind of kept doing what I was doing, showing up, doing what needed to be done and trusting that if I was supposed to do this, I would be doing it. If I wasn't supposed to, I'd be taken care of either way. Yeah. And 10 weeks later, I get a, notice from the small business association saying you are eligible for you know ninety thousand dollars ninety thousand three hundred dollars and i'm like what i'm like okay whatever you know i kind of filled out a couple pieces of paper i thought it's a fine print said that's the most we'll give you we don't really know what we're going to give you uh -huh. or loan you it was a loan uh -huh. Uh -huh. and ken two days later ninety thousand two hundred dollars was just deposited wow. into my business checking account <laughs> Wow. And I just burst out laughing and my chair flew back and I kept like looking away and looking back to see uh -huh. if it was still there. You know, I was like, yeah. why do we not believe it when we know 
yeah. were being taken care of. There's always that like question, like, really? Mm-hmm. What? What's mm-hmm. And yet I was com- am completely taken care of. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to stay. Yeah. And actually there's enough resources that perhaps this is also a, a, a window into the creative work that I'm been sitting with for a while and not have the resources to move forward with some of the, my other projects. Great. So I'm like, huh, is that what I'm being asked? And then I waited. In October 1, I shift out of my flow and into more of a, a commitment, a dedication to my own creative process and what that actually means inside me and really delegating space and time for for that to be in my life and uh, not allow everything else from 10 grandchildren to you know yeah. <laughs> everything else that, yeah. that is constantly going on so and honestly as i'm preparing for october one absolute chaos everywhere mm-hmm. chaos externally like something inside of me is just kind of going whoa, wait, you're going to change all this? And I'm like, yeah, you know, so, and this morning's journal, that was it. I'm like, last week was very chaotic. And I actually saw in myself, like I almost accentuated the chaos with how I was thinking about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I thought, "Hmm, wait a minute, that's not necessary. Yeah. Spirit is obviously got this all under control. So how do you, uh, how can you navigate the internal steadiness? Uh, you know, and this is learned from, the, the, we learn these things from not doing it right. That's the teacher. When we, when we don't do it right, that's how we learn something. So um, at some point we get better and better at it and attuned into it. And so there's a navigation internally of something steady and non-chaotic when it's chaotic outside. And there's some of that's going to bleed in. And like you just said, you notice that you are maybe, maybe amplifying isn't the right word, but allowing some of that to seep in and then, and then maybe looking at a little more than needed to be done or something, paying more attention to the chaos than was needed. Bingo. Uh Bingo. Instead of just noticing that maybe this is occurring because there's places that are nervous about all this change I'm, you know, discussing with mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Can I just love myself there? Can I just be in love with exactly what is happening in the moment? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can. I can yeah. love the one that gets all caught up in the chaos and you know mm-hmm. goes a little wonky and you know mm-hmm. and then i can love the one that can see mm-hmm. that oh maybe that's not really what i want or i feel that in my body i feel that an unsettledness in my system and i'm like uh oh, yeah that's that's not i don't want that but i can still love it i don't have to reject my, myself were you always you know, able to do that to love yourself in that way no way. <laughs> it's been a process. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it's, it's, Jory, really I feel important. such a love from you. And I, and I think that anyone, anyone, the people I know who have met you, uh, that have been with me, my wife, um, mm-hmm. my friends, 
feel mm-hmm. a presence and a love from you. And mm-hmm. I think that that comes from your loving of yourself. There's a, there's a, a continuity or a, I don't know, a, a tuning, a, a resonance of the inside with the outside. So I knew when you were saying that, that, you know, you were saying, can I love myself like this? I knew already the answer was yes, because I see mm-hmm. it, I hear it, you do. But to get to mm-hmm. that place is, um, yeah, we're usually not lucky enough to be entered into that ability to self-love early. So could you talk about yeah. how your way there? Yeah, um, I can. And I, I actually find myself going back decades mm. to the beginning of the story when the first time I actually, you know how you can there can be a TV on in the other room and it's just playing, but you're not really listening to it. There's just yeah. all this noise. Mm-hmm. That was what it was like. I've always hated TV, but this is, I discovered that I was, my self-talk, I finally heard the kind of things I was saying to myself. It was horrible. Uh-huh. And I stood there and I listened to what I said, the, the brutality of how I spoke to myself. And I knew that that had to change. If I was ever going to be happy, if I was ever going to be of benefit on this planet, I had to make that make a change there and i just i I had not a clue what to do with it but i just decided that if i'd been saying that brutal thing to myself for 35 years then i would just say the opposite you know 10 times every time i heard it right on yeah and i spent several years being focused on listening to what i said to myself and unwinding all of that and it took years and now i'm at a point where if i hear myself be self-critical i'm like my i I really look up i'm like whoa what's what's going on because it's very uncommon now and i learned you know before i even started my acupuncture practice i had realized that i would never really be able to authentically sit with somebody if i didn't love myself and accept myself fully because it would come out to them that I wasn't loving and accepting them. Yeah. And I I learned it by default, honestly, Ken, Mm. because I knew that this was important. But what I saw as I began practicing acupuncture was that it just organically played out in love and acceptance. So, um, yeah. How long ago did you start practicing acupuncture? Uh, It's almost 20 years. Okay. And when you had first started that process of reversing the self-talk, of sort of giving it the Mm -hmm. antidote of the the opposite of the the negative, you know, this this reminds me, I'm just going to share this. It's not my own story. It was in a TED Talk, and I just shared it uh, today with my um, my dad's wife. And it's... It just has a place right now. So um, I'm going to change it just slightly. But uh, uh, someone that is really wanting to find the right match, the right partner, uh, gets a, an online date and they get all excited and they, they dress to the nines. You know, they get all in their, in their finest and their hair is just how they want it. And, and they go out and they go to this restaurant and you know the the person comes in they meet them they sit down and they're super excited and and they're trying to be on their best game and 10 minutes in the other person 
says, you know what, this isn't for me. Sorry, you know, but um, it, good luck, you know, with your life. I'll, I'll pay for my, my drink so far. And, and the person left. And the one sitting there just feels devastated, you know, just feels lost and alone and destroyed. And so they call their friend and they say, hey, like, I feel like shit, this just happened. And the friend says, well, you know, I mean, you've got a shit personality and you, you can't, you're, you're, you know, an awful conversationalist and your hair looks stupid and your clothes are awful. And what do you expect? <laughs> no one's ever going to love you. And, and then there's a pause after this moment in the story. And then the person says, as I am now, that it wasn't a friend that they called, it was themselves. And the way that we talk to ourself is, can be so horrible. And we would never talk this way to a friend or someone that we love, but we mm -hmm. do. That. And, and that's like, that's the turning point is once we put the same love towards ourselves that we would on anyone else and, and cherish that love, like we would cherish our, our babies, like the most cherished mm -hmm. in our life, whoever that is, like to enable ourselves to be self-loved like that to start. Exactly. With. Yeah. Exactly. So did it yep. feel like you were faking it at first? Did it feel weird? Oh, absolutely. It's all fake it till you make it. How long did it take until it started to, to feel like, oh, I, oh, yeah, I'm starting to get this. I'm starting to believe it. I would say that it took a couple of years. Yeah. A very focused intention. Yes. And um, I always said, whatever, you know, every, when I would like meet that goal, then there would be a new one that would come up because my, my <laughs> word for my life was freedom. Mm. And so mm. I would like not understanding what freedom really was, but I would see that next element and I would just practice till it became part of me. And then I would like think, okay, well I'm there. And then I'd realize, well, no, there's, that's, there's still freedom. You know, and I think that in each step of the way, I'd have to go back through all my journals, all the different things I did. But that was one of the first ones, mm. you know, that like, I'm not talking to myself like this anymore. Absolutely not. And the, I think that in more recent years, it's become loving myself at those times where you're not proud of yourself, where you're yeah. like totally messed up and you're like, Oh, how did, and can I love her that is going, oh, I can't believe I just did that. Oh, I feel so ashamed or afraid or, you know, like I didn't show up for myself or somebody else. You know, can I love myself right there? Yeah. Because she needs that more than anybody. Yeah. Otherwise she's going to start acting out and there's going to be a lot of that going on. So, yeah. So I just it's taken on different forms over the years, but, um, it's, it's for me, it's, it's my window to that freedom, the freedom of not having all these stories defining who I am, but it allows me to just show up now and trust that everything is as it needs to be for my own growth, evolution, freedom. Has that caused the television in the other room to turn off or to change channels? Oh yeah, that's that's been long gone, off. long gone. And that's yeah. part off. of the freedom that you're seeking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
you know, that's, that's just, you know, I guess I grew up and I came out of my childhood believing without ever questioning that there was something innately wrong with me. And for the first, you know, 15 years or more, I worked very hard to prove to the world that I was okay. Mm. All the time trying to prove to myself, but never really addressing the real issue. And I think as I started to actually realize what was truly going on, that's when I finally heard that voice inside me that just kept pounding away at me, trying to get me to do more, be better, you know, and yeah, it was great, but it wasn't real. Yeah. Because it right. wasn't coming from the authentic self. Yeah. You know, and everybody thought, wow, you know, blah, blah, blah. But no, no. And I knew in my heart <laughs> that something didn't feel right. But I didn't understand. Yeah. Did you, and so, without getting into the details, if this is the case, but were there specific um, experiences uh, that had given you that message that you're not all right? Or was it just a general feeling? It was just a general feeling. Yeah. And I actually, it took me years to even give it a, give it that language. Mm -hmm. you know, it was just this pervasive sense mm -hmm. inside me. And finally I realized, you know, I believe, believe with, with everything that there's something innately not okay about me. And, you know, and I know, I understand now where that came from and I get it and God love my parents and the people that were in my life as a child. And I had to grow up now. I just uh. needed to show up for myself because if I didn't do it for myself, I'd still be there. And totally. I feel like I've had so much beautiful help that spirit has just not you know, it's, it's, I, I read it one time, I turned my head for a moment and it became my life. Ooh. I've had so many of those moments where I've turned and started down that path. And I can look back now being 66 years old and go, oh, 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 uh -huh. I, oh, you know, and it's so yeah. cool um, how I've been taken care of in so many ways that I didn't even understand or get, but it kept, there was something inside me that just was never satisfied. You know, mm -hmm. I just kept like, there's more. I know there's something else. I know there's something else. And I just kept going. Um, and there was a, for years, there was a, some poverty where I couldn't even buy a book if I wanted it. So I just mm -hmm. really had to figure it out. Um, and I, look back and I'm like, yeah, I had a lot of help. The, in yeah. the, in the difficult, such difficult periods of poverty or, or other suffering that, I mean, you, you know, there's no getting away from it. It's just a stock of life is going to be suffering mm -hmm. in one form or another, whatever your particular yep. least favorite flavor of candy is, you're going to get a bowl full of it, <laughs> yep. you know, like a candy of the month club. Um, and in those periods, uh, during the time, of course, they're suffering, and maybe at some point there's a benefit that comes from it. And maybe as as you get you know older and wiser, uh, there's less of the suffering and more of the the benefit that's being realized during it. 
Um, has that been your experience? And could you talk about some of the, the times maybe when there was a uh, great challenge or great suffering and that, you know, it, it turned into like, holy shit, I never would have gained this understanding or this lesson or this benefit if it hadn't been for that suffering, whatever it was. I guess I'd go, I'd go back earlier, you know, to some of the things that were going on. And it was like my thinking that if I did everything right and I followed all the rules and I worked hard, that everything would be okay. So I made these rules to, they were survival rules for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and things were going dramatically wrong. Mm -hmm. And I kept trying to make them go right. Make by working them. harder. Yeah. You know, and those, those are, you know, those were the gifts because eventually I couldn't hold it all up anymore. I just couldn't do it. And I mean, I have a lot of fortitude, <laughs> sometimes yeah. too much. And I can be very, very patient, which has led me to not by sticking with something longer than I needed to. You know, and so those elements always grew me, you know, grew me out of something that wasn't working and moved me into what was going to be next. Mm -hmm. And those were those places where I started to learn about trust. That when I let go of my marriage and I started re, or I'd say, channeling the energy that I was putting into a marriage that wasn't working, mm -hmm. I found that I created an entire business, you know, in, in three years, it was thriving. And I'm like, what's going on? And mm -hmm. I would still be like, so surprised. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, well, all the energy I was putting in that marriage, I'm now putting here. And I'm just being provided for and provided for and provided for. And yes, I worked hard. I still had that mentality, like that, you know, work hard, focus. And now I've gone to the other side of that where, you know what? I will work hard, but I won't drain myself. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to strive, strive, strive more, 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 and, and just rest, rest in presence, rest in that, that pause where everything just slowly melts, pauses inside every thought, word, deed, body, everything just pauses for a few, few moments. And then I, my mantra right now is let everything be as it is. And from there, I trust that that spirit is moving through me and whatever action I take is what was the next action to, to happen. How important is the body element of that? I mean, a lot of that you can, we can understand is like a mental exercise to not get focused or caught mm -hmm. up on stressing and trying to make something happen and, and, you know, trying to do too much or, you know, go, go, go work ethic. But there, as you just mm -hmm. said, you pause, you kind of let things melt and, and, including the body, there's a real physical component there. And you know this mm -hmm. also as an acupuncturist. Um, mm -hmm. How important in your experience is that physical component? And how would you describe sort of 
getting into that integration of the mind, body, spirit, like stillness or, or sinking into that moment, letting it melt into just what is. I find that the body is my first line hmm. where it's messaging me constantly with information to tell me, yes, no, go this way, go that. We've all had that moment where we're going to step off the curb and something says, look again, and there's that car, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's gone in front of us. And I think the body wisdom is so powerful and we have the capacity to learn to really be quiet with that and learn how to listen to it. And it's giving, it's gifting, gifting, gifting us constantly. And just as our emotions are, you know, the emotional feel, I said it to a friend this morning I was talking to, and he's going through a lot of trouble. And I said, those emotions, they're for you, for you. They're not meant to be put out there to punish other people or they're they're for you so that they're to give you information about what's going on mm. you know if you're angry something's not right feel it let it go and then you'll you'll get the action that's required then and you'll have you'll be stand, able to stand in your integrity then instead of you know acting out on that emotional content that's just surging through the body and there's the body again emotion body if i'm going to honor my body i'm going to allow the emotional content to just move through it it takes a minute or two physically for an emotion to process so we just sit with it let it be there it it moves and we're done so let's let's kind of role play that out or something as an example and i'd like to have an example okay. but i also don't want to unless you have one personally don't want to like use this other person's story um yeah but I, but I like to, as, as touch points, uh, you know, that we can relate to have that kind of specific example. So if you have one. I can, can I can, sh I'm thinking of one. I mean, there's many, many. I mean, I can think like of when I've hated, like I've, I've had not hated, but I've had some strong feelings about someone that I'm, I'm working with. That's being extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have these, or I have whatever, if I have strong emotional feelings, but I'll, I'll stick with that because it's more specific. Yeah. If I have strong emotional feelings, negative feelings about someone that I'm working with and I'm, I'm trying to work with them, but I still have this persistent negative feeling. If I focus on that negative feeling, if I come home and I complain about it and I sort of magnify it, amplify it, you know, focus on it, rawr, that's doing nothing to them. It's not affecting anything outside of my personal experience. So, it, mm -hmm. so what you're saying is it's actually telling me something. So instead of like pretending as if I'm singing this song mentally or emotionally outward, I should actually listen to that inward and understand what it's telling me. Mm -hmm. Is that right? And what I generally, what I say is can, if you can just be with it, and be quiet with it, just feel it move through your body. Mm. In about two minutes, it's done. And from there, you usually get some kind of clarity about what's going on. 
sometimes that clarity is, okay, here's a different way I can handle the situation next time it occurs. Or I need to remove myself from being with that person in some way and I need to begin that process. Or, I mean, it could be a lot of different things. It or, could be a lot of wow, different things, I don't, right. Yeah. yeah, I don't really actually need to react to that person at all because it's so about him. You know, like, even if he's projecting, it's not about me. But, so you know, those that... clarities come after we yeah. feel it. Yeah. After we it sit with it, we allow that. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. We're so trained to avoid discomfort and to sit and feel the anger move through this body. It doesn't feel comfortable. And But once we allow it, we realize it's not really as uncomfortable as we think. And it's mostly the mind saying, oh, I'm supposed to avoid, I can't feel, uh, uh, yeah. no, just, just, just sit down and feel it, yeah. move through the body, fit it, you know, and I'll tell you that one of the tricks that I've learned accidentally, everything's been by accident <laughs> or purpose, maybe, um, if I'm engaging in what's going on with physically with that emotion, with stories, it will drag it out. What do you mean? Where um, let's say that, you know, I'm very sad and I'm crying and I start telling myself, yeah, and yeah, but, and they, and, you know, just on and on and on with the stories that can attach to that, like little mm -hmm. hooks mm -hmm. that allows or permits maybe is a better word, that emotional content to stick because now you've got all these connections instead of just let the mind be quiet, let it observe this happening in the body and let it move through. And those stories need it, just an experience that's coming and going. The clarity will come after. And you, you, know, you can re-trigger that emotion by telling another story about it. Mm -hmm. Well, they hurt me and I didn't, you know, and I've had those where, and it's trial and error for most of us. The physical component of that is, is what? Well, it depends on the emotion. Okay. Right. I mean, yeah. anger is going to have kind of a different kind of a vibration in the body than sadness. Yeah. Right. Worry has a certain kind of vibration too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right, Sometimes, you, you know, butterfly in the stomach, or my heart yep. is thumping, or yep, yep, red anxiety is a good yeah. one. Yeah. You know, like if we just let that move through us without the story, I'm dying. You're you know, right. I'm, you know, th I, this isn't supposed to be this way. That's a You're big right. one. Yeah. It's supposed to be something else. All the toxic language, you know, should, have to, can't, try, you know, goes on and on. Just, you know, it's just, you know, minimizing. No, those are all toxic words. It can seem like an impenetrable barrier, like an impossible wall. Mm -hmm. Like I cannot possibly yeah. sit with this feeling. Mm -hmm. Anything but that. I'll distract myself or I'll, or I'll yep. rail yep. against it, but to allow it to sit with it. This reminds me of you, uh, a great man named Godsill, who, now that I think of him, maybe I should reach out to him too. He's a Milwaukee hero. Um, 
introduced me to Eckhart Tolle ah. in 2004, I th- no, 2002, I think. But it was mm-hmm. you and Ralph that really mm-hmm. turned him up in my life. Yeah. And I just saw this Eckhart quote maybe a week or two ago, and, uh, and I, I just shared it with a friend, so I have it readily available. I'll read it. I think it's just exactly what we're saying, and I, and I just love Eckhart. Yeah. It feels appropriate. So he says, so give your complete attention to what you feel and refrain from mentally labeling it. Mm-hmm. As you go into the feeling, be intensely alert. At first, it may seem like a dark and terrifying place. And when the urge to turn away from it comes, observe it, but don't act on it. Keep putting your attention on the pain. Keep feeling the grief, the fear, the dread, the loneliness, whatever it is. Stay alert, stay present, present with your whole being, with every cell of your body. As you do so, you are bringing a light into this darkness. This is the flame of your consciousness. And it, it seems like, I mean, you're, you're just describing this in action, this, mm-hmm. this allowing that, that burning to, to be. Yeah. I know that probably one of the first times that this happened, I just had the memory while I was listening to you. Cool. I was doing a lot of um, repressed memory work from my childhood at that time. And I was having these flashbacks of being back there and they were kind of out of control Mm. in my life and they would just paralyze me. And one day I just, I just sat down and I sat there and then instead of going in any, I substituted, I, instead of going into the stories that kept that going inside me, I began to, imagine or weave colored light through my body while the flashback was happening. Mm. And I just kept doing it. I just kept seeing, you know, rays of colored light moving and I just all through my system. And the flashbacks stopped and it took me a while to realize that I never had another one Mm. after that. It was the last time. I, you know, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I never realized, you know, it took, it took a while to get it. Oh, so and it's a little bit similar. Sometimes you do you find a way to substitute because the mind just gets so busy in there. Yeah, um, we, yeah it's a habitual thing. It, you know, we, we yeah. continue to exercise a certain part of it and we shouldn't be surprised if that becomes the strongest dominant part, you know? Yeah. Right, right. Did you find after that experience of weaving light through your body during the sort of reliving or, or remembering these, mm-hmm. uh, these incidences, did you find after that that there was a transformation? I, there was still a lot of work <laughs> that needed to happen yeah. at, at that point, but I wasn't being paralyzed by the flashbacks anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was... Nothing that big and noticeable other than the realization that there was some relief and now my attention could go into doing a little bit more 
uh, positive things for myself instead of constantly being hooked into the history. So, yeah. And I know you can't talk about um, your acupuncture patients specifically, but in general, uh, do you have a, a substantial amount of patients that may come to you with non-physical problems or problems that may be appearing as physical, but actually have roots in emotion or mental health? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is substantial. And anxiety is such a big one, but often I, I hear things that they're saying and I, I ask myself, how would we get to, to this person's goal? Do I start at the physical? And if they feel better physically, the emotions and the mental and the spirit will all come together? Do I start at the emotions? Do I start at the mental, the busy, 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 you know, self-torturing kind of behaviors that many of us have? Um, do, you know, do I start to give them even self-talk language that says it, this is, you don't have to live this way. Can I, you know, it can, I, I just follow my intuition on where to start. And I, I keep me out of it. I, if I'm going to really serve the people I'm with, I'm not doing it. It is a triad, you know, spirit, the client and me. Um, it's, there's an a different kind of, of listening. Yeah. Um, I don't take credit for the help that I'm able to offer any more than I take credit for when I can't get it. You know, I, right. I work hard. I, and if it's not working, it's not working. And I'm looking for who might be able to help them. Are those so, all entryways through acupuncture? If you want to attend the mental first or the emotional first, is that through specific mm -hmm. acupuncture? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Absolutely. Yes. You can definitely work with, and there, there's a really neat um, set of points that's called um, internal dragons. And it is that treatment is about that negative self-talk, how we torment ourselves. And then there's the external dragons treatment where the outer world is really impinging on the inner landscapes. So sometimes you just kind of set the system up by moving through that first. And then you can get down to work on some of the other stuff. Otherwise, you can just be spinning your wheels, trying, trying to get at what's going on. So when patients uh, in between sessions, do you give them any exercises to do at home, any acupressure or any such thing? Not typically. I will give them small assignments sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, Sometimes it's, can you drink a glass of water before you have your morning coffee? You know, I mean, it's, sometimes it's as simple as that. Explaining to them why. Why is that a good thing? That's important. Sometimes, well, because in Chinese medicine, the, the liver is working its hardest between 1 and 3 a.m., and so it has like scavenged the body and full of, let's get rid of all this stuff. And if you don't flush 
to your system with a large glass of water first thing in the morning, you're just cycling it back through. So you want to, you know, drink that in room temp water, or at least maybe warm even would be great. Little lemons, even better. But again, you know, everybody's got to figure this stuff out for themselves. And I just, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to babysit. I, I'm telling you this, you take what you can use and leave the rest behind. Ellie and I, I mean, sometimes have been... I don't... Yeah. Please continue, Troy. Sometimes what? No, no. Go, go. I Just that uh, when you said, you know, water first thing in the morning before coffee and even with a little bit of lemon, Illy and I have been uh, having half a lemon each, uh, you know, juicing it in our water first thing every morning for, I don't know, a couple of weeks now. And it does feel great. It's stunning. Yeah. yeah. And I wait now to have my coffee typically until, I don't know, the middle of the day instead of mm -hmm. first thing in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. But that kind of depends how early I get up. If I get up early, yeah. like I have a dog with me right now. So recently mm -hmm. I've been taking the dog out early and then, you know, walk in the cold morning. It, mm -hmm. you know, a hot cup of coffee when I get back sort of. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah, that seems nice, yeah. So, good. I, I like that. And actually, something, if you have things for whoever listens to this episode that they could try to experience directly in their lives themselves to, to experience a benefit from and their well-being physically, mentally, mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually, like drinking water, you know, first thing in the morning, maybe with some lemon juice before you have that cup of coffee. Is there anything else that you could suggest as like a, a life hack, say? You know, just love yourself. Yeah, just love yourself where you're at. Because ah. I think everything comes out of that, Ken, everything. Yeah. You know, if we're not loving ourselves, it's really hard to drink that lemon water. Yeah. It's, no, it's no big deal because we're just lovingly taking care of ourselves, you know, it, and when we have that perspective, you know, that, that cigarette kind of gets put down. It's like, wow, th this isn't an alignment with my loving myself, you know? Oh, you know, I think I'm going to just slow down. I'm going to slow down when I'm driving. I'm going to pay. Oh, Oh, I've been missing all of this. I'm going to, take myself for a walk in the woods. I mean, there's times that I, I talk to people that are very shut in. I'm like, you must open your front door and stand. I know you're not going to go outside, but stand in the doorway and take five deep breaths. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's the assignment I give them. You know, we all, if we're listening and we're learning, and that's my goal when I'm with people is to teach them how to listen. I don't, I want them dependent on me. I want them to be able to listen to what they need. Mm -hmm. You know, getting acupuncture is not supposed to be a stressor in their lives. Getting acupuncture needs to promote their self-care so that they're not coming in all the time. You know, it's, that's my job. So that self-care, you know, doing good things for themselves and yeah. Yeah. Totally. Paying attention, listening, the, having the, the awareness to listen, at which it doesn't mean you're always going to be hearing something, but you're listening. But then when your body has something to say, you'll hear it because you've been listening. You've been practicing. Yeah. Right. 
Right. And to give and yourself look that self-care. You know, they, they'll look at me and go, what? I'm like, well, what's your body saying? And they're like, look at me like I'm like got horns growing out of my head. Uh, I'm like, no, really. I want you to just like pause here and just close your eyes and feel inside your body. Al, open your eyes and just say the answer. See what happens. It's all a grand experiment. It's all made up. So just play and have fun and right. explore and don't worry about it. Don't worry, be happy. And, <laughs> there you go. And honestly, that isn't to oversimplify. I keep coming back to that, which isn't just a song. It was said by a yogi right after, this is how I understand I so. it. He had some like period of silence for some years and then he finally signaled he was going to say something and that was the first mm -hmm. thing he said. Now that could be myth, <laughs> I'm not sure, but I come back to that many times that you know, mm -hmm. when I may have be, be sort of in the grip of worry or fear for whatever X, Y, or Z, uh, if, if I stay in that feeling and I allow myself to see it, it clarifies things balance out. If I don't get sucked mm -hmm. into like the rabbit hole of fear or worry or. Yep. Yep. Or stories about it. Yes. All those stories have mm -hmm. nothing to do with what's really happening right now. Um, right. And I allow that to happen. I do time and time again, come to that realization. Don't worry. Don't mm -hmm. worry. Be happy. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. There is happiness to be had right now. Absolutely. Do you have, uh, how you mentioned that you've been journaling uh, and you've been doing it every morning for some time. How many years back does that go? Oh, I've probably been journaling for, I don't know, 30 or 40 years, but there's been big periods of time where I've not been doing it, you know? So it's always been a, somewhat of a struggle. You know, it was like kind of one of those teeth pulling kind of like, uh, I really need to do this. I know this is important, but I could never quite get it. And I just kept showing up and then I'd fall away and I'd keep showing up again. And I'm like, this is important. Something to, it's like when I start dancing, you know, it's like something feels important here. I need to do this. And I sucked at it. Yeah. I right. totally sucked at it. Well, journaling has been the same thing. Uh -huh. You know, like I just like, Oh, just excruciating sometimes. And some, you know, sticking with it, something's now, shifting you know in the more recent years where the gift of it is really showing itself and i'm so grateful that i just kind of stayed with the discomfort of doing something that didn't feel very good and that i always felt kind of blocked and huh? not expressing and the movement was the same way the dancing was the same way i'm just super awkward and uncoordinated and I, my gosh, I don't know where I'd be if I hadn't stuck with it. What, what's the, the body mind integration or what was the, I took a course with you at some point, which was like neural. Oh, the, oh, that was um, when I was teaching Nia. Yeah, Neuromuscular Nia. integrative action or what I like to call no inhibitions allowed. Ah, yeah, indeed. That yeah. was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, now, now I'm teaching what I call infusion fitness, and it's infused with love, generosity, kindness, and compassion hmm. toward ourselves. Do some people come to that class and are like, well, do you have some of that here for me? Because I didn't bring any with me. Yeah, well, I'm like, it's inside you. Just start moving. You'll start to feel it. Mm -hmm. I said, leave your critics down in the office. Don't bring your critic into the studio. If you really need your critic with you, you can take it with you when you leave. When you leave. Yeah. And if it's still hanging around here, I'll escort it you know, down to the river to get transformed, you know, I'll make up something, you know. Hmm. Um, so a lot of people, they come in with that critical eye and they just don't give themselves that opportunity to do something new for the first time. You know, as we become adults, so we think we're supposed to already know everything and which blocks us from ever gaining access to so much that's out there. So staying curious and leaving the judge behind is so imperative uh, every day, not just movement, but in every way. You present such a motivating demonstration, uh, a model of, you know, living example of a very healthy way to be mentally, emotionally, yeah. physically and not not putting you on a pedestal or or making assumptions that you're perfect you've got it all but for to have someone in your life as you are in people's lives to say this is a huge can be such a huge thing you may be the only person in their life that's like saying this right to them and i mm -hmm. i know mm -hmm. when i have seen transformations in my parents not necessarily as a kid, but as an adult, seeing mm -hmm. my parents transform and continue to change and grow, it has made a difference to me and sort of giving me permission to continue to grow and change or yes. even to, yes. to start at that moment where they mm -hmm. are, you know, have yeah. you noticed that with your, with your children? Um, How many do you have? You said you had 10 grandkids. I have five kids. Okay. So um, and they're all doing their own thing, which is exactly what they need to be doing. And they're all paying attention in their own ways. Hmm. And I never cookie cuttered them. Yep. I always let them be who they are. And they, each one of them has different places around all this stuff that I do. You know, some of them, hmm. I'm, I'm mom, you know, and the rest of this, you know, I don't even, you know, I wouldn't say it. Yeah. unless they're bringing it up yeah. and sometimes i do you know it just i'm spontaneous that way i know if it feels beneficial but sometimes saying something can be taken in a way that's not beneficial mm -hmm. even though it's fully intended that way sure. so that's where listening inside for that that guide post inside me that says not now yeah. and that happens with clients Clients, it was my kids, friends, you know, you, you, you just slow down and, you know, you have that hit to say something. And sometimes it happens like in the treatment room and I'll look at them and go, okay, I just got, I said, no, the first time I said, really the second time. And now I've had it the third, I'm going to say this, take it or leave it, leave it behind. If it doesn't resonate, but I need to say this because I'm, I feel like I'm being told to say it. Mm -hmm. So that usually takes, if it 
you know, if there's something about it that feels particularly challenging, sometimes people thrive on that, like that challenge. And sometimes people aren't ready and it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. We're all in this together. I say that to the grandkids, you know, with the whole social distancing and we're walking down the street and I'll say, Mariah, step to the side. We're going to make room for everybody. I keep, that's my little mantra with the grandchildren right now. We're going to make room for everybody. There's room for all of us. There sure is. Oh, please, please. Let there just be room for all of us. Man, now more than ever, you know, I, it's, I I have a whole different experience here in Sweden than what, Mm -hmm. what appears to be happening in the U S and not just appears on sensationalized news, but that I'm getting direct feedback from, from people Mm -hmm. living Mm -hmm. there. So have you felt the, the tension increase and is it, do you have a sense of it um, having good as well as, bad and you know is it going to boil over and settle down is it going to brew a perfect cup of tea is it going to start everything on fire what's going on you know it's going to do what it's going to do and as a participant in the culture that i live in my job is to be loving and accepting Mm. and to be a part of the solution and not contribute to the problem Mm. and that feels really paramount i do not indulge any news i mean news that i'm supposed to get comes to me uh-huh. and then i can either offer a prayer or send a donation or you know there's things i can respond to but news in and of itself is i it's i just can't stomach that we look at that as entertainment yeah and so i really avoid it um I find that a lot of people are very stressed about the political piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have very clear boundaries that there's no bad mouthing anyone in, in my office, in my treatment room. And I don't, doesn't matter who you voted for, who you like, who you don't. I'm not saying anything about anyone. I'm not bad mouthing anyone. It's not good for us. It's not good for us. And I, I have my opinions about what we need. I need to be a part of creating that, no matter who is in office. Mm. I need to be a part of moving things forward in a healthy, strong, united way. Mm. And anything that's divisive cannot be beneficial. Wisdom. So, so that's my opinion. <laughs> A lot of people don't like it, but I'm, you know, if they engage me with political talk, that's what they get. uh, That's wonderful. I, on Friday night, I uh, had an interview with a a, um, practitioner of Colombian uh, traditional medicine lives in Mm -hmm. just outside Medellin. And he said something similar that he said, if, if I'm really angry at the president of my country and he can't do anything right, he or she can't do anything right. Um, then I have to say, okay, I'm the president of my country. My country is my house or is my farm mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I'm pointing the finger out there, like what, you know, am I doing it right in my life? And it's, it's yeah. not to point the finger out there and yell, but to look at what I can do where I'm at, who I am, and, and make that as good as it can be. Make that yeah, better. yeah. We all have to live with the actions that we took. 
you know, that we all have things where we messed up, you know, didn't work out. We said dumb things, you know, and, you know, we, we have to live with that stuff. So I like to just slow that train down inside myself so that I can stand in the truth of who and what I am and move that forward. Because I think as each one of us do that, it changes things. So being a part of the solution, that's, that's my part. Um, sorry, I was distracted by a, a dog that I think needs to go outside from Billy's <laughs> on it. Um, so let me uh, try to active listen what you just said, which I was trying to attend to and had half an ear on a, on a four-legged, beautiful, wonderful. <laughs> um, the, we have, you, you uh, were saying that uh, you realize there's been enough sort of things in your life that weren't done to perfection that, and I'm re saying this cause I know I'm not going to get the exact words, right. Um, that you have to bear witness for and stand with and, and love and forgive yourself for, or, or be okay with uh, before you would go pointing the finger at anyone else and be putting your attention there. Or did I mess that up? Well, I, that, that was a nice addition to what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again, because I bet it was worth saying twice. I don't know if I can, all right, that's you know, cool. I'm sorry. Let, let me let me give it a little uh, little rock and roll here. Yeah, yeah, I just I guess I believe that the way that I can be a part of the solution is to not engage in all of the critical, negative, separate talk and promotion of pushing against but that no matter who's in office, who I voted for, how I feel about that person, I still need to look at what's important and do what I can to promote that. And I think that when I am standing in my own integrity and I am a clear vessel and remember that I am at the root, light and vibration, that only good can come out of that. Mm -hmm. And the more of us on this planet that realize who and what we truly are, the better it's going to get. And me getting caught up in some story and shoulds and shouldn'ts and people and masks and, you know, like, no, no, that is not beneficial. And I just not going to use my energy for that. The, the planet needs us to wake up. The, uh, you totally rock and rolled that. I don't know if that was this, how you said it before, but what you just said right now is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> you can listen back to it. I, I will. I, I will. Um, <laughs> that was excellent. And, uh, and look at how perfect it is. You know, like, so you kind of missed the first one. And then you reflected it, which yes. I thought was really amazing. <laughs> and then I said it again, and it, it'll be interesting to listen now to what happened. Mm. And that's, again, the perfection of spirit moving through us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, yes. we don't have to work this. We don't have to work so hard. No, we don't. Yeah. No. You know, uh, when you were first saying it before uh, this dog started to bark, I don't think I can say her name, so I won't. But um, 
I was reminded of the thing Gandhi had said, be the change you want to see in the world. And, and so that's mm -hmm. the kind of the piece there that I sort of thought I remembered in it. Um, and that the meaning of that has changed for me over time. It used to be like, oh, yes. I want something really big to change in the world. So I have to be that big change, but it's not it. It's that the, the world is made of s such a multitude, uh, an infinite multitude of, of so many things and moments that for me, it's just to have this one little tiny moment right now be okay. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. is that change that I want to, to manifest, yeah. to be a part of. Yeah, show up and be your best self. Um, you know, wake up, realize who you are and be that. Be, know that you are your own perfect piece of this beautiful mosaic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Jory, I know I'd like to do this again. Uh, I said the same with Ralph too. In mm -hmm. fact, gosh, have I, I have said it with everyone that I've interviewed so far, but it's true. <laughs> um, it's not just to have one conversation because it's, mm -hmm. it's not how it is in real life. Anyways, if I was living closer to you, I'd, we'd have been having more conversations anyway. So um, yeah. I would like to do this again. And I, I really appreciate this mm. being our, our kickoff conversation. Thank you. Very Wonderful. Much. Beautiful. It's, it's my deepest pleasure to participate in hearing your voice in the world. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's a fun art project. It really is. It, it has become that. It used to be that this is the kind of thing I would try to paint or draw or sculpt and put out there to try to give some message. And it's a much more simple, humble version of it. But hey, we've got podcasts now. So it's really- You know, hey, I, I'm gonna just share that when I listen to your, you know, you asked me, and I said, well, let me listen to what you're doing first. I still haven't done that. Mm -hmm. And I put it on earlier in the week and I realized it's the first podcast I've ever listened to. Okay. I'm like, okay. Well, I guess I'm coming into this <laughs> century because everybody talks about them all the time. And I'm like, I'm busy, you know, taking care of things and painting and drawing and dancing and you know, like, okay. Oh, there's something else here. So thank you. Oh, for uh, expanding my repertoire. Oh, you're very welcome. And I think it's a great entry point because any other podcast you listen to, it's only going to get better from here. So you've got, of course. You've got yeah. just all the way up. <laughs> uh, it is its own flavor. And uh, yeah, it, it feels good to do though. It feels good to have this kind of conversation. This is my favorite That's a confirmation. to have. Yeah, totally. Right, yeah. right, right. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I can't wait to have another one. It's great. Um, I hope, uh, you know, if they're for the acupuncture work you do, it's Heart Space mm -hmm. Studio, mm -hmm. which is in uh, Beansville, Wisconsin. Um, mm -hmm. And if you, I'll, I'll put a link to, you have a website and a way for people to, to find it. Yeah. Yeah. They can, um, myheartspace.org. Okay, cool. And I'll have that link in the description of this episode. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I try Beautiful. to be all, all fancy and on top of little details like that because <laughs> I'm learning this too. You know, I haven't, I'm not an old hat at this by any means. Well, God bless you because if you pull that off, you're going to be a way a step ahead of me, man. <laughs> yeah. well, it's all relative, but thank it you. It is. It is. Oh, you're welcome. It's my deepest pleasure.
It's absolutely wonderful to see your beautiful face. Uh, likewise, likewise, Jory. You're radiant. Okay. Really beautiful. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sweetheart. No one hug you if I saw you, COVID or not. Yeah. yeah. Love you. Virtual hug. Okay. Yep. Virtual hug. All right. <laughs> Till next time. All right. Bye, okay. Jory. Bye-bye.